it is their world. Yeah. I mean, with pets, it, it is their world that we live in. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're just a bunch of hairless apes yeah. that they've conned into catering to their every whim. Yeah. Symbiotic relationships. Yeah. They yeah. work pretty well. Yeah. We didn't domesticate animals. Animals domesticated us. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Did you ever play Mass Effect? No, I have not played Mass oh. Effect. Oh, oh wow! You need to. Do you play video games? I do. Okay, that's like my favorite RPG series that's ever been created. You should play. But there's this line in it. Their ship is like the equivalent of a submarine. It can run silent, basically, mm. right? And somebody's like, "Well, won't they notice us?" And he goes, "Well, not unless you all start singing the Russian national anthem or something like that." It's this great little reference to Red October. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any religious video games? Like, have the evangelical come I up mean, with um, I mean, you can do, like, strategy games. Like, Crusader Kings is set in medieval Europe. Yeah, you know? not quite. I mean, there are the divine quest lines in Skyrim. Does that count? No. Damn. No, I'm thinking it's something that's very overtly. Oh, okay. You know, like, what would it be like to be one of the apostles? Play oh. now. Oh. That sounds very lame. Uh, there is a board game that's like early church or the book of Acts or something like that. But I mean, it's boring because like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, know. I mean, you can't I mean, do they all die. Well, I mean, shooter version. Right. Yeah. They all I die. Mean, there they... is civilization and uh, you do spread religion. There are games that have religious mechanics. Like again, yeah, like yeah. Crusader Kings too. Like it's set in medieval Europe. Like you can set up anti-popes. You can yeah. convert people. That would be kind of hmm. cool. But yeah, a straight yeah. apostle. I guess the ultimate goal would be: can you be the apostle John? So you're the only one who isn't martyred. Yeah, you know? right. And it's like, why would you want to be an apostle? Like you have to give this speech in order not to die, or give no, a sermon in order to or- die. Or, I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's just yeah. like. <laughs> What would the end goal be? Like, what are the achievements in this hypothetical game, Dan? I, I don't know. I don't know. Dan, are we recording? <laughs> yeah, we're recording. How many times have you been crucified upside down? <laughs> Your life points are little crucifixes know, on the bottom right, of the Right, right exactly. Oh, like, we just... Uh, well, no, you have a faith, you have a faith bar. Oh, yeah, so that, bar. you know... If if you lose your faith enough, or you know you just need to come, you have a come to Jesus moment or come to God moment. You know the closest it's ever gotten. Did you ever play the games Black and White? No. Uh, early two thousands video game where you actually played a god. That was actually Ooh. the game is because the game's theory actually was that a god is born anytime somebody prays. The act of praying hmm. creates, creates the, the god. god, right? And so, like you start off as this. Like this village is praying because one of their kids got swept out to sea, and then you're born as a god. And then the theory is you lead this little village till you become like the supreme deity. So like the more followers you get, the more powerful. Yeah, you right, right. It was an interesting. Uh, black, there were two games, and that's black and white one and two. That's the most about the most overt religion as a mechanic. Mm-hmm. It might be worth at some point discussing how we shift the bar on who and what God is, not only through history, but now contemporaneously. Mm-hmm. Several weeks ago, there was a paper published where they they determined mm-hmm. that it doesn't take as much energy as we thought to create a new universe. If 50 years from now, mm-hmm. a pimply-faced high school senior creates a universe as a lab project, yeah. how do we redefine God from there? And you've talked before in the Q&A about how... Mm-hmm. The original concept of God 
yeah. you know, it was pretty anthropomorphic. You know, it was just a super-powered human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it gradually became much more to our modern concept of the supreme. Robert Jensen is a Lutheran turned Catholic theologian who has a pretty good definition. It's a it's a more normal pipeline than you'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's just okay. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty normal pipeline actually, but for a certain type of Lutheran, uh-huh. um, he has a good line where somebody asked him, you know, what is God? Define God. Yeah, you know, and and he said God is that being that freed Israel from slavery that also raised Jesus from the dead. You know, and that for at least explicitly Christian terms, like defining God isn't a function of power or ontology, it's a function of narrative, it's a function of story, you know, mm. and, and so whoever God is, God is the God is the being that both liberated Israel and raised Jesus from the dead. You know, and that's what defines yeah. godhood, you know, is that story. Yeah, I'm I'm in the camp that mm-hmm. you know, really feels Exodus is just made up. Yeah. <laughs> Egypt's economy yeah. didn't collapse, which it should have. Right. You know, blah 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 blah. There's no evidence at all that it really happened. Yeah. And even Moses' name is a corruption of an Egyptian name, not mm-hmm. a Hebrew name. Yeah. Although he wasn't a he was raised Egyptian, so yeah. that part makes but sense. But it's just yeah. son of Moses. Yeah. Son of and we don't know who Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm in that camp. Mm-hmm. But the thing I like most about the Exodus story mm-hmm. is God's name. Right. Who I are am. you? I am. I am. That's all mm-hmm. you need to know. I am. Right. I, that, God. It's even like the tenses are weird. So like it could be like I am that I am or it could be I will be what I will be. You know, like there's this like weird. Yeah, I, mean, I guess Exodus's historicity, I would say the narrative we have in the Bible is clearly a theatrical production yeah you know like and and i i I tell people that when i say it's like when you're reading this you're reading theater and that's the genre you need to kind of like frame it as that doesn't mean there wasn't a historical thing there i would say there is but that historical thing has been turned into a drama you know and like and so like just like you know we have dramas based on history today but you don't go looking at the drama <laughs> as if it is as it is the history yeah. you know like and there's a distinction there i would yeah. i would say and there are pieces that line up really well with history you know like the the plague sequence follows what would be an actual natural disaster sequence yeah mm-hmm. you yeah. know like you could see how you had an al- red algae bloom in the river, it kills the fish, causes the frogs to leave the... Yeah, yeah leads you know, to this, leads to this. Right, the this. rotting frogs and fish lead to the flies, and the flies lead to the disease. And, yeah. You know, and then the darkness one is pretty explainable by a sandstorm, and locust plagues happen all the time mm-hmm. in Africa still today. Right there, you got <laughs> most of them lined up pretty well. And this would be an easy way to explain that. Right. Yeah. There was a biblical archaeologist mm-hmm. I read who... I thought it had a cool idea that Moses was kind of like Arthur in that it was based hmm. on this real person, uh-huh. yeah, real vague stuff, but mm. that person was real important to people at the time, and gradually it all changes. this mythology built up yeah. around yeah. that. Right. And again, the book is drama, right? There's a narrative. My personal theory is kind of a combination of things, but I tend to think there was a small group that was liberated from slavery. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the like millions of people that... Exodus kind of describes, but there was a small group and that small group wandered. And then there are some scholars that believe in kind of a, like the Canaanite conquest was really like a, like a lower class revolt basically, you know, and, and that, that small group 
basically became like head of that Canaanite revolt, you know, and so that story kind of transferred itself into this vast into army, vast, and, into this vast yeah, group, yeah. and like, and that fits, in my opinion, with how God works, you know, and that God mm-hmm. always chooses the lowly and you know the downcast, and you know that would that would be how God works. Hmm. Yeah, I like that because it's consistent. It gives us continuity, right? Yeah. Right. But we ought to get to our actual show. Well, we kind of fell into the video game. Yeah, topic. I would yeah. Hope we just keep going with video yeah. games. Okay. And we're here, yeah. and we'll just keep... This is a case where the banter turned into the real show. Yeah. <laughs> but you should at least formally mm-hmm. say who we are. Nah. We can we're do right, that. We're past that we're, right now. Yeah, I guess <laughs> we, so. We're, we're, yeah, <laughs> if you've listened this far, <laughs> you right. know. And you don't know yes, who we are. Yeah. But video games and God, I mean, that's yeah. good. This is what always drives me crazy about video games and like religion, is like religion becomes just a mechanic mm-hmm. you know it's like mm-hmm. in civilization if you play the more recent civilizations that have religion mm-hmm. plus 20 percent to growth to your city you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and you're right that's yeah. all it's for or <laughs> right. to help create the art so you get more culture points well, right. or <laughs> like you um like if you create your own religion and then you like send your followers to a neighboring you know civilization and your allies now because right. you're under the same religion even if you nuke them um, right <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> right, Crusader Kings, right? Like, well, yeah. I'm Catholic, which means I get crusades. You know, yeah. like, yeah, religion gets reduced to mechanics. And it kind of drives me crazy because I think that reveals a lot about how those, like, video game programmers, like, think about religion mm-hmm. in general. You know, like, it's mechanical. It gives you bonuses, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, uh. <laughs> like, maybe, but I'm not sure that's really how it works. But it's kind of a mechanic in real life. In actual practice. In, in actual practice. Yeah. Like, yes, faith is different from each religion to each religion, but it's something like you constantly have to be upkeeping, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. kind of yeah. religious. It's something that you choose on your quest line. That brings up a good point, yeah. right? You said you are or you're not. I think there is this middle ground where I think most, at least Americans, fall. Yeah. And that's where it's just an exercise. It's a formula. It's a yeah. checklist. I know tons of people who... When you actually ask them about spirituality or their theology, mm-hmm. they have no answers. Yeah. I, just last night, I heard someone saying, I know I'm going to the right place because I go to church every Sunday. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I tithe to my church. Yeah. Right. It's all the formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At no point did he say, I know I'm going to the right place because... I firmly believe yeah. in or because, forgiveness or the concept of grace yeah. or having yeah. read Augustine, I now believe, you know, yeah. right. none of that was in there. They, yeah. they couldn't, he couldn't tell you if he was Calvinist, if mm-hmm. his beliefs were post-Reformation, pre-Reformation. He was Protestant, but the way he talked was just like when I was growing up Catholic. Yeah. The way most Catholics thought, well, it's an obligation. It's a holy day of obligation. Mm-hmm. So everything to him was about Checkboxes and obligation, mm-hmm. not about belief. Yeah. yeah, you know this is where Luther was right. <laughs> you know, what? sorry, this, this three Lutherans, but this is where Luther was right, and that like laws, like the natural human, you know, that's law thinking. Anytime mm-hmm. you're in checkbox mode, you're in law thinking, and law thinking is is just a default human expression because it makes us feel better. Hmm. It becomes about us and yeah. our achievements and. Lack of real sacrifice, I think. Lack of suffering in that sense. Yeah, I mean... I, mean, I check the box yeah. off. Right. I'm, I'm in good shape now. Right. I don't have to really do anything painful. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, right. I think, right, there's no 
Or at least there's some kind of quid pro quo there, right? Yeah. Like, I did this, therefore I don't have to do the suffering. And as you have pointed out, yeah. Christianity, one of the things that makes it unique as a religion mm. is it's really all about, no, you're going to suffer. Right. Yeah. There's no way around that one, guys. <laughs> Come join me in Christianity where you will suffer. Right. Yes. Sometimes I think we need to put on the front sign, uh, <laughs> join us, you will die. <laughs> <laughs> we just make dying more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not even fun. You just, you're going to die. In that way, we're kind of like you know yeah. the old Norse religion with the Norse pantheon, right? Which is very fatalistic. And uh-huh. The gods are going to die. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to die. Mm-hmm. And in Christianity, it's not the gods don't die, but you will. Yeah, you know. Well, so it, that's assured. You're going to die. Know, Jesus did die, though. So God did die. There's a whole theological debate there. Don't. Okay, <laughs> backing up to yeah. video games. I'm going to backtrack. No, Good. there's a whole. We're going to get letters. <laughs> there's a whole okay. debate. There's a whole debate there. Um, speaking of Norse. Did you play Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Yes. Uh, that's another one where... Oh, that's on sale and Steam, and it's, I've not heard anything about it. It's, it's really like, good. Okay. It's really good. It's actually yeah. great because they finally ditched the sneaking around. You're Vikings, so you can just go through and like pillage cities. But sneaking's half the fun in Skyrim. Oh, see, I hate sneaking. <laughs> I, I brutally hate sneaking in video <laughs> I brutally hate any like sneaking. I'm like, I just want to walk in and like bash something. <laughs> Hold on, stealth missions or sneaking? Like cause... all of it. The quickest way to turn me off from a video game is to be like, "This is a stealth mission game." It's like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there's definitely some Call of Duty games where like I don't want to be a sniper. Right. I want and like I have to. Right. I don't want to be the guy with like the little, yeah. the knife that's walking around. It's like, yeah. no, I want to walk in with a big machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> Finish off the whole place. Like <laughs> so <laughs> Drew, are you noticing this that of the three of us? Yeah. It's the pastor yes. who has the most violent desire. Oh yes. absolutely. <laughs> so pastors are barbarian. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely a thief. Yeah. And where where in this uh scenario are you, are you lying? He's an artificer, right? You yes, know? I would right? say. Yeah, that right? Was, yeah. yeah. I'm an artificer for okay. sure. We have our team for our adventure. We hey. do. Hey, we could do a whole podcast on like a D&E campaign. It'll be our spinoff series. It will be. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. So Valhalla, I would say, religion's an interesting kind of side part there. You know, it's not like a main thing, but like that kind of interacting of Norse and Christian culture yeah. like together is an interesting kind of, you know, plus the whole like, the Assassin's Creed like mythology thing that goes on in their like in their universe, you know, all that together is this interesting combination. Yeah, and Assassin's Creed does have this nice mythological arc unto itself through yeah. all the games. I do. That's one of the what are I they called? They're it. called the the Isu. The, I forget what they're called. The prehuman. The 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 other society that existed before the. Oh, we're spoiling Drew. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. You heard nothing. Right, you heard nothing. I mean, I only have heard anyway, so. Um, I'm trying to think what else, video game-wise, for religion. Could one make the argument that in a lot of games, violence itself is the religion? I was going to say Halo. Look at kind of what they did with Halo and... Um, the Forerunners. Yeah. And, yeah. Like um, how their gods were just beings that existed so long ago, mm-hmm. and then because they had such a sufficient technology. Well, the obvious one with yeah. Halo is the Covenant yeah. are religious, but they're religious unto destruction. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. like their whole religion is centered around a mistake. So the the aliens are the Covenant, right? And their religion is based mm-hmm. on there's this previous society that 
the forerunners they were called that had all this advanced technology and they built these giant rings called halos mm. hence, hence the name hence okay. the name and so we're kind of stargate right. at this point yeah well so they're huge right they're mm-hmm. like planet they're like oh so like ships can go through yeah ships oh. can, like planets mm. can go through like they're big yeah. you know and and the theory of the the game is that the covenant thinks the previous the forerunners used them for to achieve godhood basically and they worship the forerunners it's kind of revealed throughout the series that actually the halos are a super weapon mm-hmm. that's used to wipe out all life in the gal in the universe ah. and they were used once before yeah. and so that the covenant when they if they t- ever manage to turn these things on mm-hmm. is going to destroy all sentient life in the in the universe nor the galaxy or whatever mm-hmm. and but it also like narratively, it becomes aware that so the covenant is led by these three hierarchs, and it be, that the three hierarchs in charge during the main games are aware that like their mythology is wrong, wrong or yeah. mistaken. And I'll hear people be like, "Well, how could they keep pursuing, you know, turning on the Halo wave? They know that it's all based off a of mistranslation, you know." And, that's the most believable thing in the universe to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because people have a remarkable capacity for self-deception, you know, for what Orwell calls doublethink, you know, or like you're able to both know and not yeah. know at the same time, you know, yeah. like for motivated reasoning, you know, like yeah. that part's the most believable thing in the whole series. Yeah. I mean, they didn't me. want to give up their power. It's, why would you? Even even if. Even if. <laughs> they made it to destroy all life in the universe. Right. As long as you had the power until the very end, that's really all that matters. That's really all that matters. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm like, like, yeah, and you're right. That is believable because like, you kind of see that playing out now mm-hmm. with even American power struggles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, some some of the politicians in their pursuit of power are both aware and not are both know, aware and not aware. aware. I mean, you know, what they're doing mm-hmm. potentially is killing all humanity yeah. mm-hmm. in the long run. But, and they know it, but but they're making money. But mm-hmm. they're making money and the, they're still gain, gaining power, so mm-hmm. why not? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. So so that's an interesting one where religion is it's a bit cynical about religion. Religion is just mm-hmm. wrong and then there's the humans who are you know, although in that way, it kind of harkens back to Lovecraft, you know, because really his whole co- Lovecraft's gods were really super ancient aliens yeah. who just had a technology and an understanding of the universe that made it seem like they were gods to us. Right. And they have worshipers. You know, yeah. Thulu has right. yeah. a whole cult. Mm-hmm. The Lovecraft thing is, is important because they're alien. They are truly alien. You mm-hmm. know, they are they are other you know, yeah. and they're they're like beyond to even like try and contemplate it drives everybody insane in Lovecraft's mm-hmm. mythos. Which is an interesting twist in itself. Yeah, yeah. right, right. There's something true about that. Uh this is like those old testament stories where like somebody touches the ark and they die. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's this one great story where like they're trying to bring the cart back to Jerusalem and it's about to fall off the cart that it's on, and the guy goes to touch it to stop it from falling off and he's struck dead right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's not because God's angry at him, but it's just like divinity is so wholly different from you. It kills yeah. you, you know, upon instant contact with it. Just ask the Germans. Yeah, yeah. right, right, yeah, right. And one French archaeologist. <laughs> and one French, right, and the one French archaeologist. Indiana Jones has an interesting relationship. I would love to have like a complete divinity breakdown of Indiana Jones, <laughs> the Indiana Jones series. You know, he finds these things, right? Mm-hmm. The Ark of the Covenant, the cup, you know. But yeah. yet, when he's in India, right, like, there's Kali, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, like, 
I'd be interested in like a full theological breakdown of the Indiana Jones universe. That's a good topic for another day, though. It is a good yeah. topic yeah. for another day. The only problem is the aliens and Shia LaBeouf in the fourth one. Yeah. Can that be one of the things that we kind of, we pretend didn't happen? Like it was what a happened? fever dream. What happened? Exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah. You know, what really crushed me about that was finding out that essentially that's the original Indiana Jones movie Lucas wanted to do. And it was Spielberg yeah. who was like, you can't do no, that. no, 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 no. Here, let's, let's, let's look at this differently, shall we, George? Right. What movie are we talking about? Yeah. yeah it, it was the fever dream. You right. know, oh, okay, the, the fever it, dream. Got, got the fan fiction that I saw online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, Mike Duncan, who does the uh, History of Rome podcast, has a great thing that he thinks that he proposes should have been the real fourth Indiana Jones movie, which is finding the altar of victory. Oh, um, the altar of victory was this thing that they kept in the Roman Senate house until Theodosius II removed it because he was Christian and it was to the goddess of the goddess victory. And he, he makes the point that the, it should have been Indiana Jones trying to find the altar of victory because as long as it was in the Senate house, Rome kicked butt, <laughs> you know, and then when it was removed, the, the Western Empire fell like 40 years later. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. That should have been the movie. Hire us, folks. <laughs> yeah. We need funding. We, we, we've been uh, writing <laughs> yeah. some, uh, some really good movies and like TV shows and short stories. Right. Without even trying. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people are getting paid to do this stuff and we're just giving it out for we're, free. We're just giving Consultants it out for hire. free. Yeah. Yeah. What we can do is for a small fee, mm-hmm. Hollywood yeah. producers, well, script writers. Well, wouldn't that be an awesome yeah. movie? And you can even set it in like the Soviet Union searching for the altar of victory. And if they get it, their mm-hmm. armies will be unconquerable. It will yeah. sweep over the earth. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Indiana Jones has to. The Marxist Leninist dialectic will triumph. Right. And you've got to like stop them from finding the altar to victory. And, you know. That actually would be awesome. Yeah. That would be an awesome yeah. movie, wouldn't it, though? Yeah. we got to make sure this is posted so that when they do produce that movie, we can say, hey. We demand. Yeah. You could just tithe the movie's proceeds. I like that. Tithing. Right. Hollywood tithes. Right. Hollywood tithes. It's the future Christian state. (laughs) (laughs) Hollywood ties all its proceedings to the church. (laughs) Pope Cronenberg. Right. (laughs) I can't believe it. We silenced Drew. We did. Uh, But just the wheels are spinning. It's just like, well, what's HBO doing? (laughs) What is their contribution versus like Disney? Well, I I would accept HBO's money before I accept Disney. (laughs) If you want to be honest. HBO's at least can't like lives into its evil. <laughs> Just lean straight into yeah, it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Disney, Disney Disney hides it very Disney well. hides it and then is like more sinister because they hide it. <laughs> okay, two um, sponsors all right. cross off the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh Elon Musk too. That was what a couple what, a couple, couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks. Just, sorry, you know, Elon. Yeah. Not really all that sorry. Why? <laughs> Just because he's looking like the villain in Fifth Element now? Oh gosh. What was it about? You said you didn't like Elon Musk. I forget why it was. Oh, there are so many reasons. <laughs> it's hard to narrow it down. Well, no, I meant the reason specifically that you... you, uh, you um, oh, it was about the Blade Runner future that basically yeah. he's like this new life awaits you in the off-world colony. <laughs> All the rich people can go to Mars. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah, but by the same token, you know, we're destroying this planet. So if the yeah. species is going to survive... Isn't it to Musk's credit that he's at least getting us outposts where the species might have a chance? See, to I think the like the escapism fuels the destruction. The fantasy hmm. that Elon Musk is creating of like we can escape, we can go off world. Like 
That's yeah. the exact villain's logic and actually out of the silent planet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're too well read. Okay, how's this? Yeah. I'll, I'll fight for Musk on this front. I will say Tesla, for all that I think, Elon Musk is evil. Everybody is saint and sinner. And so even in our evilness, God's providence works. <laughs> and thus having, you know, yeah. the so, big boost to electric cars. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, making, I will say, I will give Elon Musk credit for this, or at least say God's strange providence works in, even in him, in that. Yeah. I'm sorry, but what you really do need in our society is you need to find a way to make electric vehicles commercially successful. And he mm-hmm. did that. And he yeah. did that. Yep. You know, and like, and that's actually to his credit, you know, yeah. like that, or at least our society needs that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Society needs trains. I have a whole rant on trains, but. Okay. So we're going to do an, we're going to do an episode on trains. <laughs> then there's going to be one about planes and automobiles. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Cause we broached on that. Yeah. Yes. The electric I'm just, yes. Just saying the trains are never happening in this country. Wrong. That is wrong. They will happen. And they have to happen. Yes. They're never going to happen. And, and I have... absolutely never going to happen. No. Nope. Yes. Nope. I would put my money down. I like trains, but they're never happening in this country. <laughs> Another point for me, it being heavily ensconced in the cult of Musk, uh-huh. AI, artificial intelligence, yeah. Musk is one of only a brief handful, and I believe was the very first, mm-hmm. to insist that the core operating kernel of an AI system must have something akin to the three laws of robotics. Musk yeah. sees right. the danger mm-hmm. of Skynet, basically, yeah. you know, right. and most corporate AI developers are not programming in right. those three laws or mm-hmm. ethics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. The Paul Allen Institute is now, the Allen Institute for AI. In fact, they had a big breakthrough with Delphi, which is basically a very wise AI system. Mm-hmm. There's a division... Now, don't laugh, because it seems weird on the surface, but if you know the Grody family, it's not. But there's a division of Donatos, which is actually working on how do you program ethics into AI. No, I mean, again, like God's strange providence works in all people, right? I'll put it this way. I question Elon Musk's salvation, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that like he's wholly like the, the font of all evil. <laughs> Can we re- rewind? So is Donato's developing an AI for pizza toppings? I like the idea that it's going to take over the world with pizza toppings. Yes, I mean, that's like weaponized food. I'm all for that. Like, But kind of, sort of. Weaponized pepperoni. They're actually working on 3D printing of pizzas. That's one of the things that they're into. With what? As the base. Well, they're experimenting, but you'd have different bases. But they all be real food stuff. Because the Grody family is also very obsessed with healthy eating. Yeah. So they're not going to throw something out there that, you know, is highly synthetic and is going to end up being cancerous. They're yeah. going to want it to be good, wholesome, nutritious food. Here's the real problem. I hate thin crust pizza. <laughs> you hate Columbus style pizza. I do. I was not aware that that's actually a thing. Yeah. Like the yeah. only true style yeah. pizza is Chicago style pizza. Yeah. Bless me. Nope. My, yeah. Nope. Yeah. Um, nope. Yeah. My that's... mother would argue with that. No, Renee would argue with it too. She likes that Columbus style thin crust. I don't. It's like cardboard. Yeah. It's like it, it, cardboard it, well, with cheese. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you can make a good sandwich out of it. Yeah, that's true. It's true. No, I love, I have to admit, I love Donato's as a corporation. Yeah. They have model worthy. Other corporations yeah. should look to Donato's for how you do corporate ethics, yeah. corporate morality, how you have a vision for the future. And the Grody family themselves mm. drive that. 
But I hate thin crust, crust pizza. Yeah, I just, you know, yeah. I, it's got to be sh- deep dish Chicago, mm-hmm, Detroit mm-hmm. style. Mm, boy, that can be really yeah. good. Yeah, that's all right. And classic New York pizza that you actually yeah. have to fold. So, yes. Yeah, I can't. Yes. Like New York yes. style is the one that I'm like, again, it's like cardboard with like cheese on it. Like oh! it's like, uh, <laughs> no, geez. at some point I've got to take you to New York and you've got I've to eat. I've been to New York. You've got, yeah. I've proposed to my wife in Little Italy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll take you my paisano. We'll oh. show you what what is good pizza up there. Chicago's the greatest city in the world. That's the end. All right. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> We're moving on to our game. <laughs> Did we conclude the video game topic somewhere in there? True. Do we conclude anything? Do we ever conclude No, but a like topic? we got so far, like there was bits and bits and bits and bits, and like mm. I feel like we didn't really... <laughs> and we end the show on pizza. AI pizza. <laughs> right, AI pizza. I guess I would say, if we really want to conclude the AI topic, I, I would say it gets back to my issue of religion as just mechanic. Yeah. It is either, and yes, I think I think you're right in that there's a lot of people for whom it is just a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And that attitude is a problem because it's the way, right? And like the like acts, you know, like it's this all-encompassing it defines your very being, you know, mm-hmm. and that's my struggle with religion in a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I mean, also, it just kind of seems boring. Why would I want to, like, travel to give a sermon to maybe get a couple of followers and maybe not die as quick as, you know, the the, the next apostle over? But it just seems, not to say counterproductive, it's just not rewarding enough. Yeah. In a video game, you kind of want to be rewarding. Like, mm-hmm. Doing that in real life is completely different, but when you're paying $60 or $70 or whatever it's up yeah. to now, yeah. you kind of want to feel accomplished. You want to have some reward with it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some of your job is to be challenged to, in order to do things, but that's why we choose careers. But it's a video game. It's just not going to work. Mm. Yeah. I guess this gets to a perspective on video games in general, but like speaking of like, challenge and reward you know like if if life is if religion is just min maxing Mm -hmm. (laughs) if it's just optimizing right my skill level is at 75 (laughs) right like i'll get a i'll get a 10 percent experience boost if like i'm catholic it's like well okay (laughs) but boy is that boring you get 15 percent um off prices because you're lutheran at a grocery store or something like that right right (laughs) or beer is like a dollar off or something like that Beer, beer, grants, beer would be the one. Yeah, like for, beer grants experience. Yes, you know, yeah. like you have to have a potluck every like two or three months. Otherwise, your your church starts yeah. to crumble or something like that. Yeah, but like that is just a really yeah. boring version of like religion. You know, yeah. like if that. And I think a lot of people do think that way, which is why they stopped going. Yeah, because that's all they thought it was about was that kind of min max optimizing. It's kind of like when I do the right series of events to get the good ending at the end of a video game Mm -hmm. and has multiple endings. It's like, if that's all religion is, then yeah, it is really boring. You know, like, geez. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I would say, if there's any conclusion at all, it's that I hope people say religion is more than a video game mechanic. It's more than, I don't know. It's a lot more personal than than just doing a series of events. Right. Right, it's not like The Sims, you know. Yeah. Where you yeah. <laughs> sign also, up yeah. For a also, like, and... there's no God mode involved. You can't just like 
put nukes in a country. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Because I definitely never did that, right. or definitely spawned a whole bunch of like <laughs> just... armies across my border so I could go take over right. other army in civilization. Never did that. Yeah. Never did God mode because I was tired of the radiation and, <laughs> and um, getting unlimited ammo in uh, Fallout. Never did that. Never, never did God no. mode just because I over covered yeah. myself so much with loot in Skyrim, <laughs> and I didn't have a horse. Never did that. Drew, never. there is just so much you haven't done. Right. I know. I don't know. This might be where religion or ethics are like me, but like I play Skyrim, you know, and I'll open up a new character yeah. and I'll be like, I'm going to be something different this time. Ten minutes in, I'm back to being a paladin walking around with Dawnbreaker. <laughs> I... <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I can't, I don't know what it is. Like, but, I can't. But why? But, I mean, is it because uh, no, that, you, you realize you can't win with a new character, so you default? Well, that's part of it. I'm really bad at like using magic. Well, then, Dan, what do you do on your Skyrim run throughs? Cry. Why? Because I haven't played enough Skyrim to be decent at any aspect of it. (laughs) So again, for me, this is a personality difference in video games, right? Because like, I'm not like a min-max, like achievement, go do like 100% completion guy, Mm. you know? Because like, I actually do want to come up with a, let's do a coherent, if I'm the paladin, which I usually am in Skyrim, like I'm joining... The werewolves guy. Dawn Guard. The, the, well, right. So the Dawn Guard. Dawn Guard companions. The companions. Yeah. You know, I'm doing like that side of things. But yeah. like, I know the Thieves Guild is out there, but I'm, you know. Oh, that's definitely the first thing that I do. Yeah. That's definitely the first thing. But it's thing. like, because I'm yeah. so rarely that, like, it's just weird to kind of walk around the Thieves Guild as like the only guy in full plate mail, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, make, it makes sneaking a little bit hard <laughs> when you're in heavy right. armor. Well, it just like, it just looks weird. Like everybody's all in this like cool looking leather and I'm like, Ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. <laughs> I could just see him in like this the steel plated armor yeah. just walking up into the thieves guild. Hi. <laughs> I will kill all of you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can never quite like manage to do a video game that way. It's like I'm just gonna do everything right here. It's like, well, but my character wouldn't do that. And that's part of the issue for me. I tend to like I get a game I really like and I just stay on that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not getting exposed to new stuff coming out. Although Devin's trying to fix that because we now both have a Switch and she's oh. like, got to play this game, got to play this game, got to play this. And there's a Doctor Who game coming out. Say what now? On Switch. Wait, before we what? move on from Elder Scrolls, we got to do this one thing. Bethesda, oh. make what? Elder Scrolls 6 already for yeah, God's oh my gosh. sake. It's 10 years. It doesn't take 10 years. Speaking of a decade. It does not right? take 10 years to make a gr- game. And also ESO is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So just I'm, make, f- for heaven's sake, <laughs> get on with it. Right. Get on with it. All right. So we've been talking about games. So let's do our game. But it no, is... wait. No, hold on. The Doctor Who thing. Yeah. Don't, can, don't table the Doctor Who thing we with can Bethesda. Table it till after. No. <laughs> the it has to be recorded. Know, right. Fine. The world must know. The Doctor Who video the Doctor, game. I don't know a lot about it. Because we're getting, as we record this, we're getting close to Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I suspect I'll be getting it because my family knows about my obsession. It is out, though? It is either out or will be out. But the only platform I know of is the Switch. It may end up on other platforms as well. Are you like the doctor or are you just a time lord? Okay. We've been talking about games. Yes. So (laughs) on to our game of our episode. Uh, It is Christmas time here. I don't know when you'll be listening to this. Uh, So a favorite Christmas movie or TV episode? 
What is your like definitive Christmas movie TV episode tradition? It's just such a terrible answer, but Charlie Brown's Christmas. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is one of my favorites. Yeah. But my current favorite really is the Hawkeye series mm-hmm. because it takes place at Christmas. No offense to Die Hard. No offense to like any other mm-hmm. Christmas movie, but that is just awesome TV I, series. The Charlie Brown Christmas is like a pure expression of the gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not kidding about that. Yeah. Like Linus is like, I sometimes think I just shouldn't preach on Christmas Eve and I should just play yes. play like the clip and be like, what Linus the, the ser- said? The sermon, <laughs> no, no, no. The sermon is just the clip right. of Linus just standing up there and nothing else. Right. It's like, I don't even need to read the gospel. It's like, nope. just listen to Linus. We're going to listen yeah. to this four times. You know, it's like, you guys really get it and we'll be fine. <laughs> no, it's just so weird now to like hear that because mm-hmm. the translation is just so different now. Oh, depending on what translation. Yeah, there, I always go back and forth on whether I should just do... The old King J- like RSV or King James mm-hmm. and some of the on like Christmas Eve, you know, or whether I should use we use NRSV at church. Yeah, I go back and forth on that one. <laughs> Understandability versus what people are comfortable mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, is and what people remember. There's always this debate I have versus how much am I living into people's nostalgia and how much are people actually worshiping. <laughs> And we get back to formula and checklist. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. It, going back to the checklist. Yeah. That's, I mean, the stereotypical Christian goes like two times a year. Right. Like, oh, two years. times. Yeah. And it's like, so, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it make more sense, though, to be the nostalgic than. Yeah. There's something to that. And there's also something to. Pastors had this discussion on Twitter recently about how long your, your Christmas Eve sermon should be. It's always a similar debate with Easter. And my position is nothing I can say on can actually live up to Christmas Eve or Easter, mm-hmm. like what actually happened. And so like the goal is to like clearly announce the good news and like get out. Because mm-hmm. people are really there for the music anyway. <laughs> 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 like they're not really here for me. They're here for the music. And so it's like just gotta clearly get it out. And yeah. my other point, John Chrysostom wrote a sermon called The Paschal Homily. It's a classic Easter sermon. It's the greatest sermon ever preached. It's like three minutes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It's, it's You will never find a better sermon, and it's beautiful, but it's also like three whole minutes, and I kind of figure if John, can, John Christostom can do that in wow. three minutes, I can... <laughs> I can be short. And it stood the test of time, obviously. Yeah, actually, Orthodox churches um, will frequently not actually have a sermon. They will just read the John Chrysostom Paschal homily, you know? Wow. And it's like this interactive reading with the congregation. It's actually really cool. I just had a weird thought that the only time that the stereotypical person Mm. shows up to church Mm -hmm. is when they know the answer. Going back to the mechanic thing, Ooh. Yeah. yeah, they know what ha- what's going to happen. They, yeah. It's Christmas. They know what happens. It's Easter. They know what happens. Right, Whereas right. with rest of the day, the rest of the year, yeah, that's an interesting thought, mm. huh? So it's another checklist, boy. Yeah, I Drew Drew that. gets like fifty points for insight uh, today. Plus fifty point, right? Yeah, gets an advantage point in insight rolls yeah. <laughs> for the rest of the, yeah. the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Advantage on insight. <laughs> so what about you? Yeah. What is your favorite Christmas? Well, so my wife and I have kind of three traditions. Uh, so when we decorate the tree, it's white Christmas. Going back to her family, that's her thing. Kate and I watch Die Hard after we're done with Christmas Eve service, actually. So Any version or just the original? Uh, Die Hard 1. Okay. You know, so, so after we're done with Christmas Eve worship here, yes, I am at home with a beer watching Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem with that? Nothing at all. (laughs) Um, Also, at some point, Muppet Christmas Carol 
is watched because I think that's the definitive version of the Christmas Carol. Screw Patrick Stewart. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, it, it's all Muppets, man, for, <laughs> for me. Wow. So, I never uh, thought I would have to say blasphemy to a I pastor. Know, I'm about to say it for the third right. time. Blasphemy. <laughs> blasphemy. I know, I know, I know. But but it's the Muppets. I need Michael Caine talking to Gonzo. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> I need Michael Caine yelling at Kermit like that's my Christmas, you know. So those those are my kind of three definitive things. Yeah, I've got two. Part one is multitudinous, mm-hmm. a Christmas Carol. I mean, just mm. almost any version of a Christmas Carol will mm. do it for me because I, I the core of it I just love. Yeah, it's the only one I didn't like, and it was like the the people did Penny Dreadful did one last year, mm. and it was just so. What's cynical. your opinion on Scrooged? It's one of my least favorites. Okay. It's very divisive in the uh, Christmas Carol community. Yeah, yeah. I would say some people really love it and some people, yeah. like, my mom loves every version of the Christmas Carol and Scrooge is like her favorite. Then I'll meet other people who are like, I hate that version. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I like yeah. the Muppets. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tied for my favorite. Uh, the Muppets and then there's an Albert Finney musical version. Okay. And I like, those are my two favorites. Okay. I, I'm okay with Scrooge. I'm not in the community that feels it's an abomination mm-hmm. but it's just not my favorite yep. and then the other thing that is really important to me every christmas time mm-hmm. is one of the doctor who specials holiday specials uh, holiday now. specials yeah. okay it is one of those things of like interesting cultural differences and this is where like an established church mm-hmm. almost makes a difference you know and like in england where there is an established church like they still have that tradition of like christmas specific specials and, episodes yeah and like bbc did, you know yeah. like the uh the bbc uh sherlock holmes did that too you know frequently yeah, and, yeah. you know and like it's an interesting like i can't remember the last time i saw like a christmas specific show episode yeah. on like an american television so, show the only thing i can think of that's even close is like the community when they did the uh <laughs> the stop motion yeah, 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 one did, right that's about as that's, close as it yeah. gets right yeah. that, even that's making fun of we have it in movies, you know, yeah. so it's like that's yeah. making fun of a traditional movie thing, yeah. you know, those stop motion, yeah, you know, wood claymation figure yeah. things, you know. That's interesting because even like Bewitched, which is about a witch, mm-hmm. did a Christmas episode each season. So, yeah, yeah it is I mean, interesting how we've changed on that, that regard. Anyway, the Doctor Who one takes yeah. place during World War II. Mm-hmm. The woman who rescues the Doctor after he plummets her husband, he's a pilot, bomber pilot, and he disappears over the English Channel. Part of why I like it is it deals with grief. Mm-hmm. And it's about how the woman is holding in her grief because she doesn't want to ruin Christmas for her children for the rest of their lives. So she doesn't tell them. Like a lot of people did during the Blitz and everything, they go off to the country to celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. And as it happens, the doctor set up shop there. Mm. And they show up, and he's the caretaker. Mm. Was this Matt Smith? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Matt Smith episode. Oh. And again, I like yeah. it because of the undertones of here you have this positive time of year that everybody mm-hmm. sees always in that joyful yeah. light. But the whole crux of this episode is this woman dealing with grief mm-hmm. and having to put on her mask at a time when everybody else is celebrating. So for me, part of it is because it's personal. My wife and I have to do that. People forget, like, you know, the, the slaughter of the innocents comes right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. There's the festival of the slaughter of the innocents. It's like three days. It's like December 27th or the 8th, 28th or something like that. Mm. 
Again, we're getting into terminology, right? Because yeah. festival right. to us means celebration. Right. Yeah. And to say, oh, we're having a celebration for right, the slaughter right. of the innocents. And it's like, yeah. no, right. It's the whole, right. And so, it, but that even the season itself acknowledges. There's a dark side. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The first thing that happens after Jesus comes is a lot of death. It's not all sentimentality. Yeah. There are a lot of us who have lost loved mm. ones around the holidays. It's this careful balancing act that you have to you have to wear this mask because you don't want to bring other people down. Mm-hmm. And at the same token, you don't want to be down either. But every year you have to deal with your grief in a different way. Mm-hmm. That episode tackles that. On that note, thank you, folks. This has been Church in Space in three D. Hey, uh, Dan. Mm-hmm. Did you bring the eggnog? I drank it on the way over. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat. Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark.